Well, let's magnify and glorify the Lord this morning one more time. Glory to God because he's still the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He's still the everlasting Father. He is still a way maker. He is still the Debusha, the Advocate. He is still the lover of our souls. And we this morning just want to give him praise. We come before him in prayer. Father, we thank you right now for all that you've done for us, what you're still doing, how you continue to bless us and heal us and instruct us, discipline us and different things that you're doing. And so we, we just magnify you because you know you, we, you have not left us alone. For you said in your word, Father God, I shall never leave thee nor forsake thee. And so we keep that promise. We thank you right now. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Well, glory to God. I'm going to come before you in the book of 1 Thessalonians, uh, a book in the name of Jesus that we started on yesterday. And we're going to start in chapter 2. We're just going to read some scriptures to you. Hallelujah. How many folks know it's good to read in the word of the Lord? Hallelujah. How you know? How many folks know that the Bible says, let us desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. And then once we start eating and drinking the milk of the word, then God will give us strong meat. Hallelujah. And give us some deep revelations into his word. But the first things first, baby, let's uh, let's start to read in first Thessalonians chapter two. I'm going to start reading that verse 1. It says, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming was not in vain. Now, this is Paul speaking to the church at Thessalonica. And he says, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. He, Paul said, When we came to you, we didn't come in vain. We didn't come empty. We came. We came. When we came, we had some results. Hallelujah. It's come, and it's good to know that when you come on a missionary journey or when you go to church or when you um, do different things for the Lord, it, it's good to know that you can get results. Sometimes you feel like perhaps sometimes I don't know about you, but sometimes you may feel like you, you, go, you went to church Sunday and I didn't get no results. I went to the prayer meeting. I didn't get no results. I did this, that and the other. I did everything they told me to do. And I still haven't seen the results. But isn't it good that I give him my money? That they raise money for a particular purpose in church. They told me it was for this, that, and the other. But all the money that they raised, we didn't see no results. But isn't it good to know that, glory to God, that Paul tells the church that that's like when I came to you, I did not come to you empty. My coming was not in vain. <laughs> but even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God. To speak to you the gospel of God in much a conflict. Hallelujah. Paul said there was much conflict going on. We suffered some things at Philippi. We were going through some things in the name of Jesus. Perhaps in our bodies. Perhaps in our finance. Perhaps in our homes. Different things was going on with us. But yet we still showed up and preached the gospel of God. Even though it was in much conflict. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Sometimes a man of God will stand before you. And that doesn't mean everything is all right with that man of God. That doesn't mean everything in the name of Jesus in that, in that man's life is peachy and everything is good and nice and his kids are so nice and, and glorious. No, sometimes a man of God will show up before you in much conflict, but he's still going to preach. He's still going to give you the gospel. He's, he's still going to do what he was born to do. Hallelujah. So oftentimes I believe that the, the, the greatest anointing comes upon men of God that are in trouble. 
What do we got? Watch this now. He says, for our exhortation, our encouragement did not come from deceit or uncleanness, nor was it in guile. He said, I didn't come to you now. I didn't come to exhort you and I didn't come to it in deceit. I wasn't doing it in uncleanness. I wasn't doing it in guile. And I wasn't trying to deceive nobody. I did not come in error. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak. Not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. Paul said when they showed the preach the gospel, they don't come to please men, but they come to be approved by God. He said God has entrusted us with the gospel. And so we speak not as pleasing men. We don't please men when we preach. But God who tests our hearts. A lot of times we as preachers today, we're trying to preach to please men. We're trying to preach to please the masses. We're trying to preach to please um, the, the climate and the order that we have with today and the topic and, and different things. And so we're trying to please men so much. And that's why we got different things going on in the church because we're trying to please men. But Paul said we didn't come trying to please men. No, we come trying to please God whom is um, test our hearts for not at any time that we use flattering words we didn't flatter you <laughs> as you know nor a cloak of covetousness God is witness we didn't covet we weren't flattering we weren't covet we didn't covet nobody's money we didn't covet nobody's lifestyle we didn't covet we didn't come with flattering words but no we came with sincerity of heart to preach the gospel flat-footed as we ought to preach. Nor did we seek glory from men. So a lot of times here go the things that we shouldn't seek when we're preaching. He said we shouldn't, we shouldn't, we shouldn't come to the people of God in deceit. We shouldn't come with uncleanness and guile. He says we shouldn't be trying to please men when we preach. We shouldn't be trying to flatter. We shouldn't be having a cloak of covetedness. We shouldn't be seeking the glory of men. And a lot of things, that's what we're doing today when we minister the word of God. But hallelujah. But how many folks know how to bullshit Kabbalah, the God that trieth our hearts? Hallelujah. See, sometimes, and a lot of times, oftentimes, and all the time, we see what people do, but we don't see their motive behind what they did. But God not only sees what you did, but he sees the motive behind what you did. Can we go deeper into this thing? He says this. He said, neither did we seek glory from men, neither from you or from others. And we, we might have de made demands as apostles of Christ. He said we could have because of our position. We could have because of who we are. Because of what the title is we hold. We could have made demands, but we didn't. Watch what else the Bible says. But we were gentle among you, just as nursing mother cherishes her own children. Oftentimes, nowadays, you see what people, because of their titles, they try to make demands on the people of God. Using their position to covet and to come against the people of God. So, affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you have become dear to us. How many folks can say that the, the people that are ministering to them Sunday after Sunday, not only they are ministering to you the word of God, 
but they have given up of their own lives for you. Hallelujah. And become dear to you. How many folks can say that? For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil. For laboring night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you, we preach to you the gospel of God. Here's what Paul is saying. As a man of God, you can receive a salary for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can receive wages for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what Paul said is, because this church was so dear to them, they did not accept wages. They decided, no, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get a job. We're going to work with our own hands. And we're going to, because we want all the money going into the ministry. How many folks can say that? How many folks can say, now I'm, I'm talking about churches that are big and financially secure where they can give their pastor a salary. But I'm talking about, what about the churches that are so small to where the people are not even making that much money. And yet the pastor or the bishop is demanding a salary. And yet the people don't even have any money. <laughs> Paul said we, he said we labored and toiled, laboring night and day. That we might not be burdened to any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, God also. How devoutly and justly, filing and blasphemy we behave ourselves among you who believe. Blamelessly who will we behave ourselves among you whom believe. This is verse verse number eleven. As you know, we exhorted, they encouraged, they comforted them pe the peoples, and charged every one of you as a father does his own children. Listen, we need people right now who's going to exhort us. We're standing, we're living in times right now. We need somebody who's going to encourage us and exhort us. We need somebody who's going to comfort us. Watch this. And you have a walk in, in the, and that you would have walked worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Watch this. God has called you into his own kingdom and glory. That's what God has called you to. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you receive the word of God, which you have heard from us, you welcome it, not as the word of men, but as it is in the truth. The word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Listen, they received the word of God, not as if it was a word coming from men, but they received the word of God as if it was coming straight from God himself, the throne room of heaven. It is glorious and wondrous for a man of God. To receive a word of God and and give the word of God. And the people are so receptive and believing and know that the word came from heaven itself. That's how they received the word of God. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God, which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Jews. And watch this. Listen. If you want to become an imitator of somebody, become an imitator of church, become an imitator of Christ. If you want to become an imitator of somebody, become an imitator of those who believe on Jesus Christ, who given their lives to the Lord, who in the name of Jesus are displaying the power of God. If you want to become imitators of people. Watch this. He says this. Right, this is verse 14 again. Let me read verse 14. This is First Thessalonians chapter 2. And like I keep telling you in times past, I tell you again, that I'm just a messenger. You know, I'm just, I'm just reading the word of God. I'm just a messenger. So don't kill the messenger. But let me read 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and around verse 14. Abu Shea. 
Ako Baba Suko Labaha. Ema Sheka Labashi. Rebu Suko Baye Kerama. Rebu Shikarabaha. Rebu Shikarabaha. First Thessalonians chapter 2 and around verse 14. It says this. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God. Here's what he said to them. Which are in Judea in Christ. Jesus, for you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen. Watch this. Just as they did from the Jews. Now watch verse 15. That's why I'm trying to tell you. That's why I started off by telling you I'm just a, reading the word of God. I'm just a messenger. Don't go and kill the messenger. He says, who killed both the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. And they do not please God and are contrary to all men. Whoa. Look what Paul said. Look what Paul said in Thessalonians. Look what Paul said about look at what Paul said about his own people. Paul said, Who killed but he said they killed both the Lord Jesus and their own prophets. And they persecuted us, and they do not please God, and are contrary to all men. Listen, if you're gonna have an anointing on your life, if you're gonna have the power of God on your life, then you're gonna have to get ready for a strong persecution. From coming from your own countrymen, you're gonna have to get in other words. Let me bring it up to date. If you're gonna be anointed and appointed by God, then you're gonna have to get ready for persecution and jealousy coming from your own brothers and sisters in Christ, forbidding us to speak the word. Listen, listen to what Paul said happened. He says in verse 16, he says, forbidding us to speak to the, to the Gentiles that they may be saved. It's funny how. Some folks, they don't want to be saved and they don't want to believe in Jesus, but also they don't want nobody else to be believing in Jesus also. And isn't that crazy? That's why I can't understand atheists. They don't believe in God, right? Okay, cool. But now, but they don't want nobody else to believe in God either. <laughs> crazy. It's like a man who, who he don't want a woman, right? And yet he don't want nobody else to have that woman either. Well, man, well, you don't want the woman, so I, I can't understand that. They don't want they they didn't want nobody. They don't want to be saved. They don't want to be believe in Jesus, right? But not only that, they don't want nobody else to believe in Jesus either. It blows my mind. Hallelujah. Gentiles that they may be saved, and watch this. So as also, also he, they don't want them to speak to the Gentiles that they may be saved. Now, let's watch, watch what else it says in First Thessalonians chapter 2 and around verse 16. So as always to fill up the measure of their sins, both wrath has come upon them to the other othermost. Because whenever you stand in the way of somebody else getting to Jesus, whenever you stand in the way of somebody else getting saved, Listen, listen, you ain't got to believe, cool. You ain't got to go to church or nothing, cool. You ain't got to believe, cool. But you got to watch yourself if you're standing in the way of somebody else believing. Gus, when you, that's when he says this. He says, but wrath has come upon them to the other most. That's wrath coming your way. When you try to stand in the way of somebody else getting saved. You don't want to get saved? Okay, go and not believe however you're trying to do it. But my brother, my sister, if you're trying to stand in the way of somebody else seeking the Lord and getting to Jesus Christ, then wrath come upon you to the uttermost. But we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavor more eagerly to see your face with great desire. 
Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. Sometimes you have a desire, you have a desire to do something, and Satan can hinder you from accomplishing what you want to do. Now watch this. There's some of you right now, you have a desire to do a lot of things in the ministry, and you, you've been facing setback after setback, and you wonder what's going on. That's Satan hindering you. <laughs> Therefore, we wanted to come unto you, even now, Paul, time and time again. Watch this. He said, but Satan hindered us. Well, watch this. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? And that is the end of that chapter. What Paul is saying is this, is that our hope, our joy, the reason why we as preachers and apostles and bishops and evangelists and teachers, the reason why we rejoice is because we see somebody who's gotten saved and living for God and why has been changed. And we're like, oh, my God. I still rejoice when I see people that I ministered to and, and, and ministered to in the Holy Ghost and, and asked them in the name of Jesus, do you have the Holy Spirit of God and seen them? Um, speak with unknown tongues and get filled up with the gift of the Spirit of God. I still rejoice to see them knowing in the name of Jesus Christ because God is our crown, that is our hope, and that is our joy. And I pray that they have witness to other people also. But my brother, my sister, <laughs> if you are the one standing in the way of somebody else getting saved, you're in a dangerous position because wrath come upon you. And I pray that you repent and have a change of heart. It's some of you right now. You've stopped people from going to other churches. Because at another church, they could have been saved, delivered, and set free. Filled up with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you spoke against it. Then my brother, my sister. <laughs> you ought to repent for that right now. In Jesus' name. Listen, if it's a word, then I must have did it. And if it's not, then it wasn't with it. That was First Thessalonians chapter 2. God bless you and keep you. Until next time. Keep praying. <laughs>